0: Welcome to episode 71 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is the... Wait, hold on a minute. Picking something up on the punk police scanner I keep in the Bobcast studio. Let's listen in.
1: Sergeant Thursday, we're receiving reports of an unlawful gathering at number 666 San Jose Street, the Green Light Tavern.
0: Copy that, I'm headed there now, over. This is the city, Dayton, Ohio. I work here, I'm a cop. It's Thursday, September the 10th. I'm working the COVID detail out of the punk police division. I don't have a partner, I work alone. My name is Thursday, Bob Thursday. It's 10.15 p.m. I just received a call about an illegal gathering at the Green Light Tavern, a dive known for its underground trivia ring and punk rock music shows. Word on the street is, a bunch of dopes going by the name of the Raging Nathans are running a trivia game and playing some songs tonight. Their weapons? Trivia smarts and catchy riffs. Their objectives? To win some prizes and win your hearts with their songs. I've arrived at the Green Light Tavern. Let's go inside and scope things out. Well, I'll be... Don't these people know we're in the middle of a pandemic? I guess the lure of a hot game of trivia and the sound of some weirdo rock and roll will make these kids do some things they'll regret later on. You better believe it. I'll head to the bar and see if this doped up looking hippie knows anything. You the bartender here?
1: Nah, I just keep this wet rag on my shoulder for kicks. What's it to you? You a cop?
0: I'm a sergeant with the Dayton PD, Punk Police Division. I'm going to need you to answer a few questions for me.
1: What is this, some kind of a joke? Am I under arrest or something here?
0: You're not under arrest. I just have a few questions, that's all.
1: Okay, cop, lay it on me. You want to know something about the drink specials? The rent don't pay itself in a high-class giant like this, you know?
0: Sure. One of those Plan 9 Alehouse beers looks pretty good to me.
1: Sure thing, officer. This here is a Plan 9 Alehouse Astro Zombies Hazy IPA. 16 ounces of Evan, and it's 6.8% alcohol by volume. This shit'll kick you right in the teeth that'll be five bucks here you go and keep the change gee thanks
0: (sighs) this plan nine alehouse astro zombies sure does hit the spot it's already been a rough night even though i just started okay where were you the night of
1: look I gotta get back to work and these chumps up on stage are the ones you wanna talk to anyways. Looks like they're done playing now. Why don't you make like an egg and beat it? You just watch
0: yourself, Buster. Thanks for the beer. I'll be back to check out your liquor license later.
1: Sanava.
0: Looks like that dirty hippie was right. The band's all done. That shady-looking character with the glasses was playing guitar and singing with a band earlier. If you can call what he was doing singing. Hey, you. Glasses guy. Want to tell me what's going on here? Just playing a few songs and getting ready to do some trivia, man. What is this, some kind of a shakedown? Just the facts, man. What's the deal with you clowns playing music and having a trivia contest in the middle of a goddamn pandemic? Hey man, I thought this was a free country. We're just going to do a trivia contest about 80s L.A. punk and Epitaph records, play some songs by the Raging Nathans, and go home nice and quiet, you dig? You want to be a little bit more clear about how this trivia thing works? Or did that marijuana cigarette I saw you puffing on earlier smoke the brains right out of your head? Take it easy, cop. You are a cop, right? I'm Sergeant Bob Thursday of the Dayton PD Punk Police Division, and don't you forget it.
2: Okay, Officer Porky. See, we have to answer 21 questions all about either 80s L.A. punk or 80s and 90s Epitaph record stuff. Then the winner gets their choice of one Super 7 reaction figure for a prize. Easy as pie, Officer Wednesday. Well,
0: no harm in that, I suppose. You're all wearing masks and it looks like you're the only people here now. Well, stay out of trouble and good luck with that trivia. I hear the I want to party with Bob guy is tough. Sure
2: thing, Sergeant Stinky Pants. Say, the donut shop down the street has a two-for-one cop special. Why don't you waddle down there and check it out?
0: I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Besides, I think I'll stick around for the trivia. Yeah, I think I'll finish this Plan 9 Alehouse Astro Zombies and take in the trivia contest. While they're setting up the game, I think I'll listen to a song by these punks. They're called the Raging Nathans. Huh, I wonder what Nathan is so mad about. This song sounds like it might be pretty good, stargazing off their new record out on Rad Girlfriend Records called Oppositional Defiance. Let's listen.
2: And sit-ups today because i'm thinking ahead. i take cocaine and pills today because i'm always looking behind i showered and shaved today because i'm thinking ahead drinking my life away because i'm always thinking of you so let's go on. and sit-ups today because I'm thinking ahead I take cocaine and pills today because I'm always looking behind I showered and shaved today
0: Welcome to the I Want to Party with Bob, 1980s Los Angeles Punk and Epitaph Records of the 80s and 90s Trivia Challenge. The contestants in this trivia challenge are Josh, Nick, and Pat of the band Raging Nathans. Welcome, Raging Nathans. Hello, welcome. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hello. Feels great to be here. Let's get your buzzer assignments out of the way first so that we know who's who when you answer. Josh, this is going to be your buzzer. Okay, do you hear that? Nice. All right. We'll uh, nice. All right. Uh, Nick, this is your buzzer. TV
1: tonight. Okay,
0: TV All power. right, okay. And Pat, this is yours.
1: You got to keep them separated.
0: Okay, keep them separated. <laughs> that should be John. <laughs> I want Nick's buzzer. <laughs> we can always trade them out if you really want it. I'm sorry. That's fine. There's a lot more street cred in in his buzzer, I think. Anyway. All right. There, There are three rounds of questions in this challenge. Round one is all questions related to 1980s L.A. punk stuff. And is composed of 10 questions worth five points each. Round two is all questions related to Epitaph Records of the 1980s and 1990s. That is also 10 questions. Those questions are worth 10 points each. The final round is one question that could have something to do with either one of those subjects and is worth 20 points. The prize for this episode is a Super 7 reaction figure of your choice, as long as that choice is the either Motorhead, Misfits, Megadeth, or Rancid action figure, because that's all I have. Ready to go? Let's go. Here Here is round one of the trivia challenge. I'm going to start off easy with you on question number one. This band formed in Los Angeles in the year 1980. They released their first 7-inch in 1981 and their first full-length record in 1982. I kind of don't know how to ask this question without giving the answer away, but this is a pretty easy one, so I'm just going to do it. The band's first release, the 7-inch that I mentioned a minute ago, had a very simple cover design. It was the band's name and their logo, which was... A Christian cross in a circle with a line drawn diagonally through the cross. Name this band for me, please. Bad
2: religion.
0: Bad religion is correct, Nick. That's a point. All right. Question number two. Long Beach, California saw the formation of this pioneering punk band in 1980. The band's first EP was released in 1981 on Posh Boy Records. Songs like Superficial Love, World War III, and Abolish Government Silent Majority established the band as political in nature, but by the time of the band's first full-length record, Dance With Me, later in 1981... They had shifted gears to a more gothy, lyrical style. Name the band for me, please.
3: TSOL.
0: TSOL is correct. Question number three. The band Black Flag, formed in 1976 in Hermosa Beach, California, started by founding member Greg Ginn. Through the years, Keith Morris, Ron Reyes, and Henry Rollins have all performed vocal duties for Black Flag. Who cares about those guys, though? What I want to know here is, which one of these people played drums for Black Flag? This is multiple choice. Was it A, Casey Royer? B, Todd Barnes, or C, Bill Stevenson?
1: C, Bill Stevenson.
0: C is correct, Bill Stevenson. Okay, question number four. Speaking of Bill Stevenson the Descendants may be considered the forefathers of nonsense lyric pop punk with songs about farting, their own made-up religion, coffee, and girls. Regardless of lyrical content, the Descendants were well-loved, and sadly, the band has gone on hiatus several times through the years for varying reasons. The first hiatus of the Descendants was from 1983 till 1985, and the reason for this hiatus was the title of the band's first full-length record. Either the reason or the name of that first descendant's full-length record will work in this case. Oh, Milo goes to college. Milo goes to college is correct. Yes, he went to UCSD in beautiful San Diego, California to study biology. Question number five. This question is about another Southern California, South Bay band, though not from Hermosa, Redondo or Manhattan Beach. This band was from San Pedro, California, where they formed in the year 1980. The band found fairly wide acceptance in the early L.A. punk and hardcore scenes And they even played their first show with Black Flag, though the music can best be described as kind of jangly, odd-timed punk kind of sort of thing. You might say the band's biggest hit came many, many years after the death of the singer-guitarist in 1985 and the end of the band. The MTV show Jackass, the theme song of Jackass, is titled Corona, and it was done by this band. Name them for me, please. Um, the Minutemen. The minute Man is correct. The minute Man is correct. Question number six. Death rock, goth rock, horror punk, call it what you will, one of the founders of the genre got its start in L.A. in the year 1979. The band's first single was a cover of a 1960s novelty song, riboflavin-flavored, non-carbonated, polyunsaturated blood. They were known for songs like Evil... Black Cross, and Party Time. Party Time, in fact, was on the soundtrack for the 1985 zombie horror movie, Return of the Living Dead. This band is still going to this day with singer Dinah Cancer, the only original member still part of the band. Name these goth rock ghouls for me, please.
2: Is it Christian Death?
0: No, it's not Christian Death. You're close. Christian Death actually came after this oh. band, and Rick Agnew from Christian Death played guitar for this band sometimes too, like he did for every fucking band in LA. So,
1: but they're on, they're on the Return of the Living Dead
0: soundtrack. Yep, they're on the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. I should. We should know. We should know this,
1: <laughs> and we don't. <laughs> That's
0: okay. So nobody, nobody knows. Nope. No, All right. i don't think so the name of that band is 45 grave question number seven not necessarily a punk band suicidal tendencies was more of kind of a crossover band that started in venice california in the year 1980 let's go back to the band's first full-length record which was self-titled And talk about one song on that record. 1983 was the year that Suicidal's eponymous debut full-length came out, Pepsi Stocks Would Skyrocket. One song off this record was a big hit, even getting heavy rotation on MTV, which was weird for the mid-1980s for a punkish band. All I wanted with this question is for you to name this song about parental control and insanity. I'm not crazy. You're the one that's crazy. Name the song.
3: Yeah,
2: institutionalized. You know, I'm more of a, co- I'm a you know I'm more of a Coca-Cola guy anyway, so
0: <laughs> Question number eight. Going back in time a little bit, this band formed in nineteen seventy six after singer. Jan Paul Beam and guitarist George Ruthenberg were kicked out of their high school for using mind control on their fellow students. Supposedly a true story. Originally named Sophistafuck and the Revlon Spam Queens, the band shortened their name because they couldn't afford to put that many letters on a t-shirt. Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's was a member of this band for a while. And she went by the name Dottie Danger, though she never actually played live with the band. The band broke up in 1980, reformed for one final show on December 3rd, 1980. Then the lead singer committed suicide by heroin overdose on December 7th, 1980. There are many, many back patches all over the world with this band's simple blue circle logo. Crust punk membership applications are null and void without one. Name the band. The Germs. The Germs is correct. All right, question number nine. The band X. They formed in the year 1977 and released several classic records during the heyday of L.A. punk rock. Los Angeles, Wild Gift, and Under the Big Black Sun are examples of those records. The band turned to a more kind of hard rock sound in the mid-1980s and was never really the same after that. In my mind, this one is multiple choice. Guitarist Billy Zoom left the band in 1986 due to the band's lack of commercial success. Who replaced Billy Zoom and wrote the song 4th of July for the band? Was it A, Dave Alvin of the Blasters, B, Pat Smear of the Germs, or C, David Hildago of Los Lobos? C C is incorrect. Although he did play in X at one time.
1: You got to keep them separated. I'll guess A.
0: A is absolutely correct. Question number 10. Keith Morris and Greg Hetson formed this band in 1979. They ended up becoming founding fathers of the LA punk and hardcore sound of the 1980s. The band got their name from a slang dictionary as the original name of the band, The Bedwetters, didn't sit well with founding drummer Lucky Lair. The new name wasn't much better and was much more obscene, especially if you know what it really means. Group Sex and Wild in the Streets are two classic records by these purveyors of punk. Name the band for me, please. TV party Circle Jerks, it is. Very good. All right. All right, Josh is in the lead. 25 points. Nick has 15 points. And Pat is up on the board with five points. Rad Girlfriend Records has been going strong since 2011 and throughout the history of the label. Rad Girlfriend Records has released some of DIY Punk's finest records. Look at these releases from this year, 2020 alone. Loose Behavior with an EP and a full-length record. Raging Nathans with a full-length and a split with Dead Bars. A New Junk City and Two Houses split EP. The Ball of Light EP and the legendary Frankie Stubbs of Leatherface returns with four songs on the Blood Orange Moon EP. Who says 2020 is a bad year with releases like this from Rad Girlfriend Records? Well, 2020 is actually a shit year. But let me say, Rad Girlfriend is here to help us all through this year with all of these amazing records. Also, look for a new release from the band Strangelight in October of 2020. I give you my personal guarantee, it's going to be a great record. Visit Rad Girlfriend Records on their Bandcamp page at www.radgirlfriendrecords.bandcamp.com. Or at www.radgirlfriendrecords.com. Also, check out the selection of t shirts available on the Rad Girlfriend Records website. Feel good by listening to Rad Girlfriend releases? Look good by wearing a Rad Girlfriend Records t shirt? You really can't lose with Rad Girlfriend Records
2: we first
0: Epitaph Records of the 1980s and 1990s. These questions are worth 10 points each. Question number one, we'll start off easy in this round as well. This one's multiple choice. What was Epitaph Records' very first release? Was it A, The Bad Religion, self-titled 7-inch? Was it B, The Vandals' Peace Through Vandalism, 12-inch EP? Or was it C, The Flesh Eaters' A Minute to Pray a Second to Die, full-length LP?
2: I'm going to say it was
0: the Bad Religion 7-inch. You are correct. It was the Bad Religion 7-inch, indeed. All right, let's do question number two. Bad Religion, speaking of Bad Religion, was initially on Epitaph Records for seven full-length records and two EPs from 1981 until 1993, after which they signed to Atlantic Records. It makes sense they were on Epitaph, seeing that Bad Religion guitarist Brett Gerwitz started the label as a vehicle to release bad religion records. What's your favorite bad religion record? And then I'll tell you why you are wrong. Uh, That's not the question. That's a joke. Anyway, (laughs) 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 the actual question is true or false. Bad religion's highest selling record in the United States was on epitaph records. True or false.
1: Gotta keep them separated. I'd say true. Mm. It's actually not true. Well,
0: which which one is
1: it? It it had
2: to be. It was
0: Stranger Than Fiction. That sold over five hundred thousand copies in the United States, a million worldwide. But it was on Atlantic. It wasn't on Epitaph. That was their first major label release. Okay, question number three. No Effects was on Epitaph Records from nineteen eighty eight, starting with Liberal Animation until the year 2000 with the release of Pump Up the Valium, that being their final full-length on Epitaph. In all, it looks like NoFX released a total of eight full-lengths and one live record on Epitaph. The question here is, though, which Epitaph NoFX release sold the most copies? Punkin' uh, Punk Punkin' Drublick. Punk it is. Yes, Punkin' Drublick sold 1 million copies worldwide. Question number four How did a New York hardcore band end up on Epitaph? I don't know. You can ask the lead singer of the band, Mr. Toby Morse, how that went down. I suppose they had two records on Epitaph 1997's Thicker Than Water and 1999's FTTW. Before leaving, for the greener pastures of a major label, for a little bit, name this band.
1: You gotta keep them separated.
3: H2O.
0: H2O it is. H2O. H2O. Yep, H2O.
1: Question number five.
0: The band Rancid has been one of the most successful punk rock bands of all time selling over 4 million records worldwide throughout their career. 4 million records. That kind of record sales equals the kind of money that can buy a lot of black coats, white shoes, black hats, and Cadillacs. Yeah, Um, the kids of Time Bomb. No matter what, back in 1993 when Ranted was just first getting going, Ranted almost killed one of the most successful rock and roll bands of all time, by stealing its singer and guitarist. This person helped write the Rancid Song Radio, but ended up deciding to stay with his current band rather than quitting and joining Rancid full-time. Lars Fredrickson of the UK Sub stepped in and saved the day. Multiple choice, who was the person that was in Rancid for a short time in 93 before going on to worldwide fame and riches in his own band? A, El Jefe of No Effects. B, Noodles of the Offspring... Or C, Billy Joe of Green Day.
3: Uh,
0: C. C is correct. It was Billy Joe. And he almost quit Green Day to join Rancid. But thankfully, he had a change of heart. Question number six. This vocalist and guitarist of 90s-era Epitaph Records band Down By Law had a pretty impressive resume before doing the whole Punk Rock Academy fight song thing. He was in Dag Nasty and all prior to Down By Law and is now in a fucking rad melodic hardcore band called Don't Sleep. Dude has some serious cred, that's what I'm trying to say, and he is still going strong. Name this person for me, please. Dave Smalley. Dave Smalley it is. Dave Smalley. Question number seven. This Riverside, California band released four records on Epitaph between the years 1995 up to 2000. Technically five records as their first Epitaph relief had Spanish and English language versions. Third Wave Ska named after a trinket you could buy at Disneyland. Name the band for me, please. voodoo glow skulls yes question number eight seattle washington is the home of this two-time epitaph release band a lot of people compare this band to motorhead which i do get the band did a rad cover of the kiss song shout it out loud on their 1998 epitaph debut kicked in the teeth live this band blasts through songs like truckers eating their way through a kfc buffet something you have to see to appreciate Short, fast, mean, and loud. Most songs are around a minute long and leave you laying on the ground wondering what the fuck just happened. Name the band.
2: Zeke.
0: Zeke, it is. Question number nine. This next band had several releases on Epitaph from the mid to late 1990s, and is kind of a punk rock supergroup. Members of the band's TSOL, The Gun Club, The Weirdos, and Down By Law were in this band. The band was pretty short-lived from 1995 until 1997. There are rumors the band broke up because Jack Grissom and Ron Emery regained the rights to use the TSOL name after years of being legally prohibited from using that name. Jack, however, says they stopped playing because the band wasn't making any money, couldn't really tour. His actual quote was, I would make more money if I worked at Burger King. Name this supergroup of a band for me, please. Was it the Joy Killer? It was the Joy Killer. Yes, indeed. The Joy Killer. Question number 10, the final question of round two. While we're on the topic of supergroups, this band formed in Simi Valley, California in 1994. They released five records on Epitaph between the years of 1996 and 2004. Members of 10 Foot Pole, Strung Out, and Face to Face were in this band when it formed They quickly signed to Epitaph, released their first record, Steam Driven Engine. If I give me enough clues for this one, name the band. Pulley? Pulley, it is. Josh came in with 80 points in this round. Pat came in with 10. Red Brontosaurus Records has the record in stock that you have been looking for. A huge selection of punk, hardcore, pop punk, old school punk, and more is one of the many reasons you should stop by Red Brontosaurus Records today. I would like to add the used video game selection available at Red Brontosaurus is bar none, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, console, and portable gaming unit games are waiting for you at Red Brontosaurus Records. What are you waiting for? Get into Red Brontosaurus Records today. They are open most days from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. and are located at 3044 North Park Way in the North Park neighborhood of San Diego, California. You can reach Red Brontosaurus Records by phone at 619-795-1282 or on the web at www.redbrontosaurus.com. Better yet, follow Red Brontosaurus Records on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest new releases, new inventory, and also live streaming events. Just search for Red Brontosaurus Records on those social media platforms. Also look for live streams via Red Bronto TV on Twitch. Yes, go to Twitch and search for Red Bronto TV. Red Brontosaurus Records has the live streaming entertainment, music record stuff, or video game you need. Just remember, if you're feeling bored, it's time to head toward Red Brontosaurus Records. final round, the trivia final round. The question here is, and it is multiple choice, what is the best-selling epitaph record of all time? Was it A, and Out Come the Wolves by Rancid? Was it B, Smash by The Offspring? Or was it C, Ignition by The Offspring?
1: got to keep them separated. The answer is smash. The answer is
0: smash? You are 100% correct, Pat. Round 3 champion. The all-time best-selling independent record ever. Of all time, yes. It has sold over 16 million records worldwide, is what the internet tells me. 16 million. And Out Come The Wolves has sold over a million copies. And Ignition has only sold a million copies. I'm kind of surprised that Ignition even sold a million copies. I am, too. I think people bought it after they bought Smash, I think. And they're like, oh, oh, wait, they have another record out. So they bought it. But I bet you that record got returned. Got is in so many used bins of so many record stores back in the day. You know what I mean? The final scores are Josh is the winner with 105 points. Pat came in with... 35 points. Nick, you came in last. I'm very sorry with 15 points. Congratulations to Josh, the winner of the, I want to party with Bob eighties LA punk and eighties and nineties epitaph records, trivia challenge. You have won your choice of a super seven reaction figure plus some I want to party with Bob stuff. What action figure do you think you want? Or do you need some time to think about this? What do you think? Uh, I'll take the Misfits one, man. I figured. I knew you would. (laughs) I knew you would, and I got it for you. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for doing the challenge. That was fun. That was super fun. Yeah, thank you,
3: That was awesome. Thanks for having us.
0: All right. Congratulations to Josh Goldman for winning the Los Angeles Punk and Epitaph Records Trivia Challenge Josh went home with a Super 7 reaction figure of the Misfits and a whole bunch of I Want to Party with Bob stuff. Thanks so much to Josh, Nick, and Pat for playing along. I really do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the Dragnet-style audio thing at the very beginning. I love doing that shit. It's super, super fun, hopefully entertaining for you as well. Let's get to the credits for the audio drama. At the very beginning there, the voices were mostly done by me, Bob, your pal, Bob, except for the voice of Josh Goldman, who played himself in this stirring audio drama. Yes, indeed. The songs of this episode were all performed by the Raging Nathans, and those songs appeared in this order. At the very beginning, it was the song Signals, then Stargazing, Then One Day Closer to Death, and the last Raging Nathans song is coming up at the very end, and that song is called Spoiled Brat. Raging Nathans are a super fucking rad band. Why don't you visit them on their Bandcamp page at www.theragingnathans.bandcamp.com or on the Rad Girlfriends record webpage at www.radgirlfriendrecords.com. They have a new record out, and it is called Oppositional Defiance. You can find, and I think you should buy that record from either of those webpages. Very, very highly recommended by me. All three of them were great guests for a trivia episode. I had so much fun hanging out via Zoom, talking to them, doing the whole trivia thing. It was awesome. Thank you so much to this episode's sponsors, Red Brontosaurus Records and Rad Girlfriend Records, which, funny enough, in the San Diego area... You can buy Rad Girlfriend releases at Red Brontosaurus Records. Isn't that weird? That's funny how that works, huh? Yes. Lastly, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you. As always, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's one last Raging Nathan song, Spoiled Brat. Enjoy.